Hello and welcome to the All Out Football Podcast. I'm Ollie Goodwin. I'll be taking Will's place today, but I'm also joined by Jude. How are you, Jude? I'm good. Thanks, Ollie. No Glad worries. to be here. And uh, we've got Kevin Bannon. Good afternoon. Well, I should say good evening, Kevin. How are you? Yeah, all good. Thanks for having me on. No problem at all. All right. Um, so obviously Champions League uh, yesterday and the day before. Um, we'll start with United. They started the post Ollie era with a 2-0 win away at Villarreal. It gets them through to the last 16. I probably wouldn't say it's been a convincing campaign for them or a convincing first half in that game as well. Um, De Gea with a couple of really good saves. Uh, better second half from them. Shock, Ronaldo scored in the Champions League again. And then Jadon Sancho scored his second. Um, a big moment for him and a lovely finish. It was one of those really nice ones that thunders in off the bar. Everyone's favourite. Um, where do you think this leaves United at the moment then, Kevin? Uh, it's an interesting one because obviously first came without Solskjaer in charge, but particularly first half, the same sort of problems were there from the Solskjaer era. Mm. I mean, just sort of very easily bypassed in the middle of the park. Um, no real shape or ideas going forward. Just kind of get it up to the front players and then see what they can do. Mm. Um, and once again, like De Gea, just gets them out of jail with some unbelievable, unbelievable saves. And like it, 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 it just remind me of this season where you know United give up a boatload of chances each game, and when the team is good enough to finish those chances, they get embarrassed. I.e., City, Liverpool, and I suppose to a lesser extent Watford. But you know, they that was just that was just the end of a just a horrible time for Zelsker. But you're right, second half definitely improved. Uh, I think. Any time I've seen United, when they've played well this season, it's when they up the tempo and the intensity. Uh, and I thought they were much better second half, obviously created some chances. Uh, I thought Sancho played well, um, which has been a long time coming and obviously got his goal, um, which, like you said, great finish. But yeah, much better second half. And like I said, it's just when when they upped that intensity and pressure, like you saw from the Ronaldo goal with Fred pressing, uh, their midfielders to win the ball back so Ronaldo could score. So, yeah, I think that's key for United, but I'd still be worried because of that first half performance because it was just so slow and pedestrian, basically what we've seen over the past few weeks. And like I said, if teams are good enough, they will punish the United. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty much spot on. Yeah, wasn't convincing. All the same sort of stuff in the first, obviously, from Oli. Um Villarreal actually had 10 attempts as well. So, you know, they had more shots than, uh, more shots than United's. But they got away with that clean sheet. It's only their third clean sheet in 26 matches. Um, Carrick, obviously, in the dugout for that one. We've heard that uh, Ralph Ragnick is going to be in on a six-month contract now. Um, he won the German Cup with Schalke in 20, 2011 and did what most people say generally was a very good job. Um took charge of RB Leipzig as well and they've you know we've seen how well they've done in in the German league and the and the cup um he won't be in charge this weekend it's going to be uh Carrick again but do we think that that's a smart appointment for United um yes I think so which feels weird considering we're talking about United here doing something smart and progressive yeah. <laughs> um Overall, I think, yeah, because like like you're saying, you went through Ragnick's record in, in Germany there and any sort of articles or research you do on him, you 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 figure out that he was the sort of, you know, help shape this whole Gagan pressing style of play that, you know, mm -hmm. Klopp and Tuchel and Nagelsmann really like and they're sort of part of his, like to use an American term, his coaching tree, if, if, if you know what I mean. Um how well that sort of pressing game will work at United, I don't know. Um, I mean, Ronaldo doesn't move essentially when he doesn't have the ball. So, um, and you know, you kind of have to play him now that you've signed him because, yeah. like you said, he's gotten you out of jail so many times this season. Uh, but I think it is a good appointment because I think he is one of these sort of progressive coaches that plays good style of football and will drill these players um, into playing that way. And he'll probably, he'll probably eat, eat, you know, 
eat the ear off them in the drain ground, which some of the characters at United probably need at this point as well. Yeah. Um, going forward, obviously, with the sort of background role after this, it seems to me now, without any sort of authority on this, but I would think they'd probably go try get Ten Hag if Ragnick's there in the background mm-hmm. rather than Pochettino. Yeah, because I think Ten Hag sort of playing style will be more in line with the sort of stuff we've seen Ragnick do in, in the Bundesliga rather than Pochettino. But again, that's just a I wouldn't even call it an educated guess, just a guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that. Uh, we saw Donny van der Beek get a start. That was nice, wasn't it? Not the uh, the standard shot of him looking pretty pretty sad on the bench. I did like that. Um, we also mentioned, as we mentioned before, big moment for Sancho. I thought when Rashford came on, he played well, as did Fernandez. Um, do we think, Jude, that this is kind of um, United can take to let, learn the lessons from Solskjaer of what they were doing wrong? And do you think we can see them kick on? Um, obviously, they've got Chelsea this weekend, so it's a pretty big test. But um, do you think they'll get that new manager bounce or do you think the weaknesses that we saw in the first half um, and obviously Chelsea are on fire at the moment, do you think it will just be too soon for that? Yeah, I still think that there's a lot of problems with United. You know, like it, it was more about the result on on Tuesday night, you know, than the performance. And I thought in that first half they were shocking mm-hmm. and um, they were very lucky to get in with nil-nil. And, you know, it was like that typical Solskjaer performance you've seen before, a terrible first half. It picks up in the second half a bit and they, they won, I thought. I did think Sancho, was he played very well, which, again, it was needed. So, um, But, yeah, it'll be a very tough test to go against Chelsea. And I think a lot of people have associated Chelsea being a, with a very defensive style of football. But in their last two games, they've scored seven goals, four against Juventus, three against a good Leicester side, with four disallowed. So... They're firing on all cylinders at the minute, Chelsea. And with a defence in the way that United is, you know, no Maguire, even though many would argue that's not much of a loss, but even to lose your captain and to lose um, no Varane still, I think they are probably in for a tough time and Ragnick isn't going to be able to... He's obviously not even there for the game, so mm. he might have one training session with the players, but it's not going to... I don't think he's going to be able to repair them in time for this test to Chelsea. I think they're going to I think they're definitely going to lose again at the weekend. So, but then once he comes in, and I do think Ralph Radden is a good manager. I think I never expected United to appoint him at all. I just didn't fit in with what um, with how they appoint managers, even though he's interim. I was reading a quick article in the Athletic saying how he's had um, he's had good relations with United's uh, director of football. You know, uh, John Murda, mm-hmm. who's there at the minute, who they appointed at the start of the season. So he's clearly got talking to him and have organised some stuff. So. Yeah, it uh, it worries me in a bit in a way. Um, United could come back this season. Obviously, as we're doing so well, but um, yeah, not in time for Chelsea. I don't think. I think Chelsea are a different machine. I think the title is definitely between the top three. So yeah, I, I think United are far away from completing the same still. Yeah, I I think I agree with that. I worry whether it could be another four or five goal stuff in watching watching United defenders just running back towards their goal. Do, do we think that um, this this United DNA that they go on about so much and that they really, really want, do you think that's almost harming them at the moment? They're not being pragmatic. They're still trying to play, you know, this attack, attractive style where maybe just for, you know, just till they get out of this little rut, they just say, let's go. I, I won't go as far as say back to basics because they're all professional football players, but they simply yeah. slightly. I know what you mean, yeah. It's like they have to play, United think they have to play in a certain way and even when Oli switched to five at the back in his last few games, it got a bit of criticism even though they did get a result against Spurs but mm. in general, I think it, um, you've seen the likes of Pep and Klopp and Tuchel all come into their clubs and bring a whole new philosophy and a whole new style of playing which has brought success and every form so I think United just need to evolve with the other clubs and not try and just play in this whole United DNA they need you know a guy like a Ragnick or a Ten Hag Pochettino come in you know give them the back and let them instill their philosophy in all the players and that's what United need now to get back up and compete 
they have the funds and they do have, you know, they have young players, Sancho, Rashford, Greenwood. They do have a young core there that can stay for a long time. So they need a, a manager to... They uh, Solskjaer was never going to compete with Klopp or Tuchel or Guardiola. Even though he's finished above them, he's beaten them individually over the course of a full season. He was never going to... He was never going to win titles. He was never going to... He was. He just can't compete with a manager of their caliber. So, I think with um, a new manager and a new style, United can. That's how they'll get themselves back up. But as you said, yeah, this philosophy of the United DNA, I don't think it's uh, fully believable anymore. Mm, yeah. Have you got anything to add, Kevin? Uh, no. I. I. Yeah. I agree with everything you said there. Like, the reason United are in this mess. They well, they actually may have somehow miraculously mistake after mistake back their way into a good appointment in Ragnik. But the reason they're in this mess is they gave it to Solskjaer after his interim, who again has no particular style and is just vibes essentially. Um and it's it's the disparity between like Jude was saying Klopp, Tuchel and, and Pep in the league is incredible. Like you can every one of those teams has a definitive way of playing and you watch you sit back and watch United and it's just like right they clearly have no idea what what's going on here. Um so yeah I think if Ragnar could come in and implement that style then I mean it can't get any worse. So yeah. why not give it a go? Don't forget the goal Kevin always remember the goal <laughs> the important <laughs> goal. <laughs> okay. <I know. laughs> okay well um Let's go to the eighty had next. Um, I thought this was a, a fun game. First twenty minutes, uh, it was it was it was pretty intense, back and forth. Um, I thought the quality was was really high for that first twenty minutes as well. Um, I don't know about you guys, but on reflection, I think City probably deserved it. Um, Kevin, who stood out for you? I thought Rodri had another great game. Ad did Cancelo, but maybe sometimes PSG, especially in the second half, they weren't they weren't clinical and they weren't sort of doing what we expect from that front three every single time. They were um, a little bit lethargic going into that second half. Yeah, I definitely like it. It's kind of PSG are kind of like United in that way. It's like you've, you're, you've sort of seven players and then you've the three up, <laughs> three up top and yeah, give it to them and let them do something. And like when they do, it's unbelievable. Like some of the moves they put together and particularly obviously the goal where all three of them are involved and they are great to watch, but you know, it's, you can't rely on that. And again, particularly as, as Poch as a coach, you know, I can see why he'd get frustrated because we talk about Ronaldo not working like, and Messi has always kind of strolled around the pitch, but now he's, he seems to be doing it even more. So, um, but on the city side, um, I don't know about you guys, but I I just love watching Bernardo Silva play football. Yeah. I think he's an absolute joy yeah. to watch. Um, and, I mean, the, the assist for the Jesus goal is just, yeah. like, uh, the cushion touch is brilliant. And I he just, can do everything, just, I think. Yeah, he's so I just, good. I, 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 you don't see many players like that where he, he not only presses, like, like a like a Kante, he, he runs all around the pitch. He puts in the most yards, but then he can also you know score a brilliant goal. Like the assist, like you said, it was a brilliant assist. So he's just got everything. And to think they were going to sell him in the summer is crazy because yeah. he he should be the first name on the team sheet for me. Yeah, yeah it is I, kind of ironic that all the play some of the players that like were muted to go during the summer, like your Silvers and your and your um and your Jesus and your Raheem Sterling are the ones who at the moment are actually producing the goods for City. But like, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know how you could even think of selling Silva when he's in this type of form. He's just, he's just unbelievable to watch. Yeah. I think you've nailed it. He's, he's, he's really fun to watch isn't he? You just sort of, you're constantly trying to work out how he's managed to do that with a football, <laughs> which I think's yeah, which is good. Um, Jesus scored the winner. Um, a lot's been made of their striker situation at City. Um, you know, people thought they were going to go after Kane in the summer. People thought they were going to go after Haaland. And they sort of, there were murmurings and obviously they went after Ronaldo and stuff, but they seem to sort of be in a run now. Do you think that they need to go out and if they, if they want to sort of, you know, go on and win the Champions League and maybe 
you know, obviously the, the Premier League is a lot more competitive this year. Do we think that they need to go out and buy, a, you know, a gun striker like a Harry Kane or a Haaland or, a, you know, someone else on that list? Or do we think at the moment, you know, I, I thought Jesus was pretty good yesterday and the way that they play, um, obviously it's very fluid. Do we think, um, Jude, they need to go out and get a striker or do you think they'll be okay? Uh, it's hard to say because, like, if you watch City more this season, you'll notice that they are predominantly playing with uh, um, Jesus on the right wing, is where he's been played uh, most of the season, where he's actually played very well. But City obviously have you know an abundance of players who can play there. You know you have Mares, Silva, Foden. Everyone can play up pretty much across the front three. So I still think that in games like especially you've seen a game like last season like the Champions League final and just in there seems to be that one or two games a season where they're crying out for a striker even in the game against United or when they beat Chelsea 1-0 like yeah they came away with the results but it should have been so much easier for them in both games because and I know the United game was easy but you know it should have if a striker was there I think scoreline could have been doubled or tripled because they seem to um, they never see they seem to score a lot of uh, you know, lucky goes almost, but it's just because of the amount of chance they create is eventually going to come. But I think if you put a Kane in that City team, a Haaland, uh, even someone like if a Lewandowski fancy coming to work with Guardiola again, you know, they would they would win everything, I think. It's it's the final piece they have. They have the perfect midfield, almost a, you know, a brilliant defence, just a, a proper, you know, target man, proper number nine striker would see them win everything, I think. It'd be scary for everyone, I think. Why not get Bernardo Silva in there? Um, City, uh, uh, City and PSG, both teams that are missing the Champions League at the moment from their massive trophy cabinets. Um, and they've invested really heavily. And I think if you ask most of those players at the start of this season, which one that they'd want over, over everything else, I'd imagine they'd all, they'd all take the Champions League at this point. Do, yeah. you, do we see them being... Um, we'll start with City. Do we do we see City once again? I mean, obviously they lost in the final again this year. They look pretty good uh, at the start of this year. We've just we talked about that striker situation. Can we see them going all the way? Um, yes, I would kind of agree with Jude though. In I think that lack of a number nine might bite them towards the sort of business end of the tournament. I don't know, like, they create so many chances, even, like, if you look at last night, like I was saying, it could have been four or five, but, like, you just wonder if for, you know, over two, over two legs, with the way goals not being in it now, that they could get done for not having a clinical finisher like a Haaland, a Lewandowski, uh, even a Ronaldo, because, if you look at Bayern last year, Bayern got knocked out by PSG last year and they were missing Lewandowski in the two ties. And again, they created a boatload of chances but just couldn't score. Mm. So I just wonder whether whether or not they that it will cost them that they don't have that finisher. But having said that, they're definitely up there. Like They're mm. definitely capable of it. Uh, I suppose we also have to take into account that you know, will will Pep have another one of his moments in a semi final or a final where he, out, picks, he? where he picks nine central midfielders or something ridiculous like that? So I think you always have to take an account for that. But in terms of winning it, they're definitely capable, uh, more so than PSG, I think, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, all right, quick, quick word on PSG then. Like we said, they were for that first 20 minutes, I thought they were good, but they sort of dropped off. Um, Carragher said that the team carries that front three and they're not going to get anywhere, you know, while it's working like that when you've just sort of got um, three players at the top of the pitch. I mean, no one in their right mind is asking Messi to track that, but maybe maybe Mbappe and Neymar could have a go at it would be my suggestion. Um, do we think that's going to be their eventual unravelling dudes? Yeah, like, I think for a front three as talented as that, you know, managers and the, the players themselves would probably just want to leave them up there because you know, as we've seen last night, and they've done it countless times already in the French League. I know Messi only scored his first goal, but Neymar and Mbappe certainly they can just they can win the league themselves, basically. But um I think like the last time we've seen a front three is, you know, 
amazing as that was, you know, Messi, Suarez, Neymar, Barcelona. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we could all agree on them. At the time, they had, you know, a very tough, you know, strict manager with Luis Enrique. And I think that just might be something they're lacking. I, Poch does come off as a nice guy. He comes off as someone who, you know, he will, I think, you know, if they had someone a bit stricter, like, I think there, there was talk they are interested in having Zidane in, and, you know, I think he would do a much better job at the minute. I, I like Poch as a manager. I just don't think he has the, the skill set to handle a front three like that because they're obviously they're all massive stars. They all know it and they all score boatloads of goals every season. So they need a manager to properly, because we've seen before it can work. And I know PSG, they obviously don't have a Xavi or an Iniesta like Barcelona had, but with a with a not, I think that front three can work. I think people are bashing on it a bit quick to say, oh no, they never track back, they'll never work. But with the right manager, I think it could work. But at the minute, it's not looking good. It, it, like it looks amazing on paper, and everyone was terrified of PSG at the start of the season. But as we seen last night, and you know they can be easily beat because the front three won't do the work. But I think a lot of it's down to the manager at the, currently at the moment. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. I. I think if I was playing centre midfield, I probably wouldn't be shouting track to either one of them. <laughs> yeah, if I've got definitely. It, if I've got it. Um, let's go to Stamford Bridge next then. Chelsea 4, Juve 0. Chelsea looking pretty terrifying at the moment, if we're being honest. Four wins from five um, in the Champions League, slipping up only in that first match to Juve. Conceded just one goal, scored 10, four clean sheets. Tuchel has his tactics pretty much spot on at the moment. Um, and I, I mean, I can see them, like we were talking about City, once again, mounting in an incredible defence of that Champions League. Uh, Kevin? Yeah, they're, like you said, they're just like a machine. They're so impressive. Uh, they were really, really good last night. Um, just defence, like, I think the only real chance Juventus had was that that one from Arada where Thiago Silva went back and cleared off the line. Um, just everything about him is just so good. And I just have written here in my notes as a real sort of insight. Reese James is very good at football. <laughs> um, he's so impressive. Like, um, just, I mean, the goal he scored, he could have had won the exact same in the first half with that switch of the ball and the, the, the control on the chest and then the finish. Just his delivery of the ball, the pace, the power. Uh, and, I mean, he knows where the back of the net is. He's, is he something like Chelsea's joint top scorer this year or something? Yeah, yeah. Did I so say I'm... that? Like, he's just so good. Um, and then, obviously, you know, I know he, he got injured last night, but Kante, Jorginho in the middle of the park are so good. Um, Mendy and Goal has just been a, a, a revelation since he's come in, really. I think I saw a stat that it takes on average something like 28 shots on goal for to, for them to concede, like on average, something ridiculous like that. And like, I know, like, you've kind of struggling this year, up at eighth in Serie A, but like, they'd won four out of four in that Champions League group, including obviously against Chelsea, and they didn't have a sniff. Like, and they, ha- they have players that can hurt you, you know, like, like the Kies and and Locatelli in the middle of the park and they like Chelsea just absolutely smothered them and they're to me anyway they're the most impressive they're the most impressive team so far this season probably in Europe maybe Bayern sometimes when they turn it on Mm. but consistently consistently wise I think Chelsea and I, I think they'll absolutely batter United at the weekend. I really do. Um, they're just, yeah. In To s- summarise, Chelsea are really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, those those first three goals, uh, Chalabala, James and Hudson-Odoi, all academy players um, come through Cobham uh, and they're now doing it on the Champions League stage. It's a pretty good blueprint to work off. I think United have tried tried to do something like that before. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you were saying about uh, Reese James, Joe Cole said he's blown away with him this season. He joined Salah as the only Premier League player to have scored five goals and provided five assists in all competitions. Do we think, I know we've sort of touched on it really, do we, do we think he's the best right back in the world at the moment? Do you? Uh, um, it's tough to say because like, I think the 
that, you know, he's got very tough competition, you know, from the likes of Cancelo and Trent Alexander-Arnold, obviously. And uh, it's very hard to rank them. They're all playing at the top of their game. And I can't remember ever, even in my lifetime at least, ever there being a time where there's just such good right-backs all in the Premier League, just all in the one, you know, almost obscure position of right-back. You're usually talking about the attackers, but it feels like it's the right-backs that get talked about the most. But um, it's very hard to say. On current form, my pick would be Cancelo. Mm. I think he's got everything James has and just a little bit more technique and a little bit more... I think James is more powerful and he'd probably make a better, you know, out-and-out right-back. And James does play as a wing-back, which you have to remember, but... I think in terms of just the technique, like, but it's it's so hard to rank them. It really is. The three of them are just brilliant. But um, you know, if someone was to think James is the best right now, I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree. I would completely understand why you'd think that. Yeah, that um, that first goal, I, I, my my flatmate's a goalkeeper, and we watched it, and we sort of went, could the goalie do better there? And then you watch it on the replay, and you see how sweet he strikes the ball. You just uh, go, yeah. Not an unbelievable. <laughs> you know, there's absolutely no chance for him. Um, yeah, so like we were saying about the defensive side, since Tuchel took over, they've conceded only 29 goals in the first 24 goals. Sorry, in the in the first 50 games, um, a record for a manager in charge of a British club. So he's been really solid. Um, we've we've mentioned it briefly, but I think we need to have a word on on Silver's goal line clearance. That was that was lovely. It was one of those ones, uh, it's the sort of thing Cellini and Benucci get very excited about. Do you think he maybe got a little little fist bump in the tunnel as defenders to defenders, sort of uh, respecting game? Um, yeah, like, like we've been saying, Kevin, they've been so solid at the back. Yeah, they, they just don't look like conceding, really, like at all. And yeah, that, I mean, that goal, goal line, uh, that goal line clearance, like, I mean... I didn't know he could still move that quickly, you know. I I didn't think his legs were, he still had the legs for it. Um, yeah, you kind of wish it happened at the other end, so you'd see the Benucci Chiellini <laughs> shouting in in each other's faces because yeah. that's always great to see. But uh, no, they honestly they just they don't like they don't look like conceding. Uh, and I was reading that it was Tuchel's fiftieth game in charge there last night. He's won thirty five mm-hmm. out of fifty games, like. I don't know. I I'd be I'd be scared coming up against them because again they're just so well drilled, very definitive style of play, and you're not going to score. <laughs> Simple as you're yeah. not going to score. So yeah, I they they're a scary outfit at this point. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, let's go to Anfield next. Then two um, 0 Liverpool. It seemed pretty assured, but I mean, Port had. Put out a few chances in that game. Um, might have got a different result, but goals from Thiago and Salah. Um, do, do we think it's a good sign that even when Liverpool maybe weren't at the top of it yesterday, they still come away having won 2 0? You know, they've smashed that group of death out of the park. They're, you know, I know we're doing all the talk about City and Chelsea, but they're just quietly going about their business, winning all the games. Yeah, it almost feels as if Liverpool is the underdog and all this when, you know, I think in the last few years, even with how good City's been, Liverpool have been the best team to watch. Like, the way Klopp had them playing, apart from last season, you know, it's been, and this season, they've been amazing. I was shocked we somehow beat them for the international break. And, um, but they're, they're a brilliant team, you know, and it's always a good sign, especially, you know, European fixture, you know, to play bad and still come away with it, you know, a 2 0 win, which looks like it's comfortable in the end, it's always a good sign. You know, as you said, Porto take their chances, could have been a different game, but I think Liverpool have already proved to us, you know, home and away to Atletico Madrid, you know, uh, AC Milan as well, both times over Porto, they are, you know, comfortably the best team in that group. Um, when they need to turn it on, Liverpool, they really can. Their, their players, like I don't think there's anywhere in Europe that can really recreate, you know, Anfield on a European night. You know, once it gets into the business end of them uh, group stages, uh, no matter who comes to that place on the European night, they'll be ready. And you know, they have Liverpool. Obviously, they have a great connection with the Champions League, so it would not shock me if they were to go on and win it again. Yeah, I I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that definitely. Um, 
16th game running that they've scored two goals or more. Um, the first was a, a lovely goal from Thiago. I've tried that and I can't, I can't do it at all. Yeah. Um, that really nice sort of daisy cutter. You just hit it on the floor. McManaman said he could watch it all night long and I'd agree with him. He's had a, he's had a slow start to his Liverpool career. Obviously got injured early doors, but I thought he was really good last night, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, it's it's literally the goal you dream of scoring in like when you're playing five side and, and the ball comes up and sits. You only wish that you could hit it that smoothly. But yeah, no, listen, I think when they signed him, obviously um, everyone was saying, oh, well, this is, you know, this is the piece they need for, for to go back to back in the Premier League. And obviously, listen, Liverpool were plagued by injuries last year, including himself. But anytime I've watched them for Liverpool, I mean, you can tell he's a quality player. Like, he he's a lovely passer with the ball. The vision, he always picks up good little areas of space. Always has time on the ball as well. And I love the way he zips the ball around the place. You know, he, whenever he passes, he really puts a fizz on it. And, it, um, yeah, again, he's, again, one of those players that I think are good to watch. And Like I said, the quality has always been there. And maybe now that he's sort of past the injuries he can show us real quality I think for him as well uh, if Liverpool had to go for it they, they'll need to find sort of balanced midfield obviously you know if Fabinho comes back in you Henderson and I, I wouldn't really rely too heavily on Oxlade-Chamberlain at this point of his career but I in terms of Liverpool winning the Champions League I think they'll be up there and I agree with you in the way they play that, you know, they, they, they're really good to watch in the day. But I think I think they might just come up a bit short, both in the Premier League and the Champions League. However, they'll definitely be there or thereabouts. And it, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them win either. Um, but, I mean, yeah, last night, I mean, they weren't great, but it didn't really matter. You know, we've seen them batter Porto every Every year, it seems so. You know, I've seen um, like Porto get get a tough, tough gig yeah. every time. They I think, I think, I think, really I think I've seen the aggregate score, the aggregate score since 2018 is 18 0. I think, so yeah, something ridiculous. Porto have been, you know, in only a matter of years, have been absolutely crushed by Liverpool, so they'll yeah. they'll never want to see them again, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I don't think it was, I as a if you were a Liverpool fan, I don't think you'd be too concerned that they weren't. At their very, very best, yes, they, they got the result. They did what they needed to do. Um, the only concern thing for them is, obviously, the Africa Cup of Nations is in January. Mm. Salah and Mane, and maybe sort of less importantly, Nabi Keita will be going. But I just think that's where they might fall a bit in the Premier League. If I, I, I don't know what their fixtures are like when, when those lads are gone, but they can play well without them, but you know, you always need a bit of Mane or Salah magic sometimes to get you out of jail. And obviously, you know, Salah scored a <laughs> Thiago's goal was so good last night that you nearly forget how good Salah's goal was. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think while they're really good and can beat anyone, I think they'll just fall short. Yeah, um, it's interesting what you say about the African combination. I think that would be, I'm sure Jurgen's really overjoyed that his players are getting yeah. game time because he's he wants them out, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> all right, let's do some of the other scores in the Champions League. Um, Bayern beat Dynamo Kiev 2 1. Lewandowski with a, with a really nice goal. It was really snowy there. I don't know if you guys saw that. It was like uh, mm-hmm. on FIFA when you get the settings wrong. Um, <laughs> It was his. Uh, it was a great goal. Fourteenth uh, in nine games. Um, any anything from this game that caught anyone's eye? Um, not really. Again, I think Bayern are up there with sort of Chelsea, City, and uh, and Liverpool as sort of potential winners. So again, did what they need to do. I think they've won all five games. Have destroyed Barca at the new Camp in, in doing it. And yeah, I mean Lewandowski is just a different level. Um, I know the Ballon d'Or is is coming up, and there's some thinking that Messi will get it. But I mean, Lewandowski on the form he's done for the past two three years now is it's just yeah. I I, you, I don't think he can stop him. So again, I think Bayern will be there or thereabouts come the end of the tournament. 
Yeah, anything to add, Jude? Yeah, I agree. Bayern are brilliant. They're one of the best teams in Europe on their day. They can beat anyone. Any of the Premier League teams at the moment, you know, Bayern are forced to be reckoned with. I think Nagelsmann's a good manager and they just have a great squad. Lewandowski's probably the best striker in the world, to be honest. So they've got it all. Um, they've got it all going. You know, if they can keep out, I think the main reason they weren't in the they weren't in the final or the semi-final at least last season was because, like Kevin said earlier, Lewandowski was injured. So they keep their players fit and um, they're playing well. They're well in with the chance. Thought it would have been more against Dynamo Kiev, but they've already comfortably won the group. They probably there wasn't too much to play for, but it's interesting to see that. Um, looks likely that Barcelona is going to drop down mm. to the Europa League, um, which is interesting. There's a few big names could drop to the Europa League this season. Mm. Typical of the season West Ham are in it, but um, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Should be um, fancy, a, fancy a trip to the new camp. Yeah. Oh, I'd love a trip to the new camp. I think we, I think we'd beat them. No worries at the minute. <laughs> yeah, well, let's. Uh... Barcelona is only the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when they when they bring back fifty-five-year-old Danny Alves to play for them, you exactly, know, yeah, you yeah. know they're no in trouble. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, let's. Well, let's go to Barca next. They uh, struggled to beat Benfica at home. Uh, Xavi in charge, obviously, and nil-nil. Um, Benfica probably had the best chance as well. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Their manager, Jorge Jesus, said, I'm devastated. I've been a coach 30 years and I've seen some of my players miss... I've never seen... Sorry, I'm going to start that again. Um, Jorge Jesus said, I'm devastated. I've been a coach for 30 years and I've never seen one of my players miss a chance like that. It was almost impossible. Obviously, not a fan of man management, Jesus. Um, Where... (laughs) Like you were saying, Jude, you could see them dropping out. Is that where we see Barcelona dropping down? Yeah, definitely. They're, I don't think they're the quality right now to be a Champions League team. Definitely not. I think um, Barcelona is genuinely just, you know, they obviously are one of the biggest clubs in the world still, but their current state is nowhere remotely close. They're like the... They're like the United of the, the league at the minute. They're just they're nowhere near the level of the other teams. And um, they were getting embarrassed coming up against uh, a Liverpool, a City, uh, Chelsea. Any of them teams would embarrass Barcelona. Um, I know Xavi came in and he might change a few things, but um, at the minute they should be they shouldn't even be thinking about Champions League. It should be qualifying for it again next season. That and that will be the test in La Liga because there's. As we've seen, Villarreal gave United a very good game the other day and probably deserved the win. You have the likes of Sevilla, obviously the two Madrid. There's good teams in the Liga, so it's not just going to be easy for Barcelona to get back in the Champions League and get back to winning titles. So they have a lot to do, definitely. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Anything to add, Kevin? No, I yeah, I think Jude's right. I think for Xavi and Barca, the thing is trying to get back in. Um and who knows, it might be a blessing in disguise if they do actually drop into the Europa League. Uh, you never know. They might go, They might get to go on a run, boost a bit of confidence. But yeah, they, listen, I think they have no money. They have, they have some promising young players, like, you know, Pedri and Araujo and, and Gavi in the middle of the park. But yeah, I just, for them, I think he just needs to stabilise the whole situation and focus on the league. You nearly just... Yeah, it it doesn't really matter. And I'm I'm looking at the table now, and they're two points ahead of Benfica, but they're playing Bayern next, and Benfica are playing Dynamo Kiev. So that's the, you, that's why. Yeah, yeah, you'd imagine you'd imagine Benfica would be Kiev, and Bayern will do what they do against Barca. So yeah, I agree. Just if you're Barca, just focus on trying to get back in, and maybe if you can get a bit of a run in the Europa League. Even the fact that um, a draw probably wouldn't be enough, even in, mm. because if they finish on level points, Benfica have the head to head over yeah, where they won on the first day. So Barcelona, are, they're in trouble. They're going to need to win. But I honestly think even a true Barcelona fan would agree at the minute that there's literally no point being in the Champions League. They would just get. It would just be another embarrassing result for them if they played another top team, just like Bayern Munich did to them. They could have had seven or eight playing against them at New Camp, you know, 3-0 was flattering in a way. So I, I think that um, 
dropping out of the Champions League would be, yeah, as you said, you know, a blessing in disguise. That it wouldn't be a help at the minute. So, mm. yeah, okay. Um, Dortmund were knocked out by Sporting Lisbon. They lost three-one away. Um, that's. I mean, I, I'm a fan of Dortmund because of all their all their young players, but it's uh, sad to see sad to see them go through. Um, Pedro Gonzalez scored an absolute screamer in that game. I don't know if you guys have seen that. That's uh, if you haven't watched that, it's one of those ones like we were saying earlier where it's just a nice goal. He just wells it and it goes right, right, right in the top corner, which is obviously everyone's yeah. favourite. A few handbags as well, Emre Chan. Um, but yeah, what do we think next next for Dortmund, Kevin? Yeah, it's a strange one because obviously I, I'm pretty sure ha- Haaland was out. He's out injured at the moment and wasn't playing. But I mean, you, they still have enough quality to be getting out of a group that they're in. You know, they've Jude Bellingham, obviously Marco Royce, maybe not the player he was five, six years ago, but still, you know, a, a quality player. And yeah, they they just never got started in this group. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to do a shameless plug for my own article on the website where I big up Ajax who are in this group mm. um, as potential winners of the Champions League mm. uh, I wrote it and then two hours later after it was posted on the website they were 1-0 down to Besiktas which went, <laughs> was really good for me but they ended up winning 2-1 they ended up winning 2-1 anyway um, former West Ham man Sebastian Allaire scored, has scored oh. nine, nine goals in, in the group stage yeah. Um and but just speaking on Dortmund, like Ajax for the piece, I, I watched the sort of extended highlights of both games. Ajax absolutely battered Dortmund home and away. Like, and yeah. I know in the in the in the Dortmund home game, Hummels was sent off in the first half, but which obviously contributed. But I mean, they looked so far off the pace and just couldn't deal with a team playing with sort of high intensity uh, and keeping possession and. Yeah, they they look they just locked away off. So I never really got going in this group. So again, they're one of those teams where you might look at them and say, Do you know what? We they have to be one of the favourites to win the Europa League now if they're in it. Um so they might say, Right, well, let's we're out of the Champions League, but we know if we win this, we're in it again next year, regardless of our league form, because I you can't see them really pushing. Bayern in the Bundesliga, but you never know. They might target the Europa League as a as a trophy to, to go for this season. Yeah, a bit of a United from a few years ago. Just mm, exactly, yeah. Something they can get their hands on. Yeah, so like uh, Kevin mentioned, uh, they came back from two from a goal down. Uh, Halle got both of them. Um, the other big one is Athleti losing at home to Milan, and this means that they're you know they they won't be going through, which is disappointing I always like watching Diego Simeone get redder and redder as the Champions League continues as he just gets angrier and angrier but they uh they lost at home to um Milan leaving them bottom um but that's that's quite a tight group actually so they can still I think they can still get out of that um Inter won 2 nil against Shakhtar uh Madrid beating Sheriff 3-0 Inter and Madrid through in that group Anything you guys wanted to say about about group uh, about that group? Well, um, it was quite uh, refreshing to see Sheriff. I thought you know to go to go to the Bernabeu and win, and they had another big result, didn't they? they yeah. I think they got a result against Inter Milan as well, so that's brilliant for them. And um, they'll be in the Europa League now as well. So and everyone, I think anyone predicting that group would have thought they would have been. Rock bottom with zero points, but you know, to give it a real go, and there's no shame in losing to Real Madrid even after you beat them. They've been refreshing, but yeah, that group's went to standard, and you know, mm. expected Real Madrid and Inter to go through, so not much to say, really. Yeah, all right. Well, that's uh, that's the Champions. We'll just do a quick roundup of the groups United, top of Group F as well. Um, Villarreal only three points behind Lille, uh, top of Group G. They've been good, but it's tight. Juve and Chelsea already booked their places to the next round. Um, anything you boys wanted to add with that? Or is that Champions League done? Yeah, I'm all good. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so we'll have a quick look at uh, this weekend's action before we go. Um, we've got Arsenal versus Newcastle is the early kickoff. Then uh, Palace Villa 
Gerard's second game in charge, but um, obviously Palace are flying at the moment. I think of of those Saturday games, that's probably the one that catches catches my first. Um, I'm interested to see how Gerard, you know, first away game under Stephen. He's had he's had you know not long, but he's had about you know a week or whatever now to try and instill what he's trying to do there. Um, how do you think they'll get on, Kevin? Yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, they they got a result eventually in um in his first game, you know, beating Brighton, who've also played well, 2-0. Um Palace, like you said, have been flying and I think Connor Gallagher has been brilliant for them this season. Really a sort of standout. And you know, but it was it was kind of way kind of similar to Gerard Vieira coming in at Palace and a bit unsure as as of his record, been in in and out of a few jobs, but yeah, I think that that Palace Villa game would be a decent one. And there's, I'm still not fully convinced by Gerard. Um, mm. I think, I think what he did with Rangers, while good, was slightly overhyped. Um, interesting to see how he gets on at Villa, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think I, it's a tough Palace away is is going to be a tough like like the way they've been playing. So it wouldn't shock me to see. To see Palace win that, mm. yeah, he, Gerard's playing the long game, isn't he? He wants that. Oh, he, completely. He wants that Liverpool job. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Villa fans, but there's no way. Um, yeah, uh, Liverpool have got Southampton, uh, Norwich Wolves, and Brighton Leeds, and then the Sunday, um, Brentford versus Everton, Burnley Spurs. Conte goes back to Turf Moor, so that's obviously going to be fun. Uh, Leicester Watford's. City versus West Ham Jude. How do you see that one going? Yeah, it's obviously going to be a tough one, you know, City away. And um, we were pretty disappointing against Wolves. I actually went to the match myself. And uh, the Perth we've played all season, you know, even when we've lost the two games in the league so far, they've both been in the last dying minutes where we could have easily got away without losing. But we fully deserve to lose against Wolves. They were the better team. And... Um, I'm just hoping, you know, we have the Europa League tonight and all. Hopefully, hopefully they can get a result tonight, get the confidence going a bit more and then take it to City at the weekend because on our day, just like we did against Liverpool, I wouldn't be afraid of anyone. Mm. Definitely not. And, you know, we did see Palace go there and get a result. I think Southampton went there and got a draw as well. So it's not impossible. We just have to, you know, do our own, play our own game. You know, we know we're good. So if we just do that, I think we can... I. Don't see why we can't get a result. Obviously, it's optimistic thinking, but it's been done before, so it, hopefully, it can happen again. Yeah, no, I I like your optimism, Jude, but I would be worried. <laughs> if I was, <laughs> yeah, don't worry, I never get too ahead of myself as a West Ham fan. It's really expensive. <laughs> yeah, hard to not get a bit caught up in them. Oh never, yeah, they have been, everything else looks good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, with uh, Antonio that. I don't know if you guys have seen that goal he scored for Jamaica. It was just oh, yeah, it's un- yeah, I unbelievable. Yeah. I didn't know he could do that. I, I, I literally I did not know he had that one. No, um, I have honestly over the years he's been with us since 2015, and I have watched him hit them shots countless times, and they've ended up nearly going outside the stadium. He hits them that far, <laughs> but they go properly rocket into the top, and it's like that it was, it was crazy to see. But I'm just hoping he can do that for us now. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Yes, well, he's he, had his he's nice, very well, nice trip on his private jet, so I'm sure he'll be. <laughs> yeah, I know. Really, really... That was probably one of the that was probably one of the best things that owner's done for us since he's been here. <laughs> and then, um, weirdly, well, I mean, last game of the weekend, probably the biggest uh, Chelsea United. We've obviously already already touched on this a few times, but um, yeah, I think I think we're all in agreement that it could be a long day for United, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, uh, kind of sort of half covered of previously, but it, I genuinely could see four or five for Chelsea. Really, I just think the way United have been, and yeah, they were better in the second half, but yeah, they've they've just been so poor lately. Like, I mean, they're they're on opposite trajectories. These two teams, Chelsea are only getting better, and as of late, United have only been getting worse. And you know, Southgate's not there anymore to pull a mad result out of the bag when he needs it. Um, so, you know, I I think Chelsea will have it easy. I don't think United will get anywhere near them, really. 
Anything yeah, to add, Jude? Fully agree. Yeah, fully agree. You know, seeing with how shocking they've been at the back in the league in the last few games, if they if they concede four to Watford, then I I do fear what Chelsea might do them. So, you know, it's just it's one of them things that they're gonna just have to get this result over them. They're you know it, it's gonna be embarrassing probably once again, but they'll get this over them. They need Ragnick to come and fix them up, get a few results on the board, and get like I think the players are just. They're very drained of confidence at the moment. Even the main guys, like you know, you have Bruno Fernandez, and you have, um, you know, obviously Ronaldo's still been brilliant, but you know, Rashford, Sancho, you know, we, we once you get all them firing and everyone playing, I think they will still they could still have a very good end of the season, but not 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 in this game. No, yeah, I think. Um... Yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> the, the Roy Keane soap proper will probably continue this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely batters them afterwards. All right. Um, I think that's everything. Thank you very much, lads. No Thanks problem. For that. um, Cheers. That's all we have time for. Thanks for listening to the All Out Football podcast. Um, don't forget, All Out Football is a football website specialising in opinion-based articles written by football fans across the UK and across the globe. Um, get involved. Check us out on Twitter at All Out Football. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to my guests. Our next episode will be out soon. Cheers.